Welcome to another episode of On the Sidelines. My name is Molly Watson. I'm a midday radio host on Cincinnati's Q102 along with my friend Lindsay Patterson, who works as a sports reporter here in Cincinnati. This is a podcast about what our favorite teams are doing on and off the field. Today we're joined by Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus. How's it going? Good to be here. Good to, good Thank to you have for you. Me on. You have actually been a pretty busy guy. Um, from the pro football focus side, which is, I want to say still a little new, but you know, you guys are kind of vets over there. Mm -hmm. The bachelor side, we're going to get to all that in a moment. Bachelorette side, you were one of the bachelors on there and we'll get to that. But I want to talk about pro football focus for people who are just kind of not sure what it is. Explain. Yes. So we are probably the leaders in providing data analytics to NFL teams. All 32 teams buy uh, at least some sort of product from us in terms of data on the pro side and college side. So we'll have advanced stats, all advanced grades on all these different prospects in the college side and then uh, and all the players in the NFL on the pro side. So that is our niche is the sort of the analytics movement that's sweeping sports. We are hopefully, in my opinion, the front runners, the leaders in that in the NFL. So you've always been into the number stuff. Yes, it's kind of a dream job. I've always loved the sports statistics sort of realm uh, growing up, obviously playing a lot of sports and just, uh, so it's really all I've wanted to do since I was a kid. So I tell people when they're like, Oh, what do you want to do? Like when I originally got this job, I'm like, I kind of just want to do this job the rest of my life. They're like, Oh, what do you want to do? Like further in your career? I'm like, just the same thing. Do players ever get mad at their rating because they love sharing where mm. they're at? Yes. Oh, so guys will love us when we rate them highly. When you get a good grade from us, all over Twitter, they're retweeting us, say one bad thing about a guy, and all of a sudden, we don't know what, what the hell we're talking about, apparently. Or they're, they're, they think, oh, we're not, you guys didn't play the game, you're not in the locker room, I don't need to answer to you, but it's like, you were retweeting us when we said you are good. So, yeah, if we rate guys poorly, usually they don't believe our, we're that credible, but I think we, I think our work stands on its own. I, I, it's just, uh, I, would, I would be mad, too, if someone was telling me I sucked at my job. So the day after a game, I mean, it's not just like an hour or two hour job. How long does it take to just analyze all of that? So I'm thankfully moving away from a lot of the analyzing, but it'll take uh, one. So my job would be the actual grading of the players. That takes about six hours or so, and that's one run. Someone else goes and reviews it for another four to five hours, and that's just for the grades. And then we have multiple other people recording stats. I, I think we calculated it over uh, 60 man hours go onto just the di all the data that goes into a game is over 60 hours of work uh, to complete for on the NFL side. So it's a lot of stuff Ooh, that we record. That's yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm not the best with numbers. I feel like I would be the worst at that job. So do you have to like hunker down? I feel like that sounds like school again. Do you have to like hunker down, peace and quiet, or are you like do you like chaos? Yes, you have to if you want. It's basically so it's just like a job, like a. a goal that you're trying to meet and if you want to get it done like quickly any any break you take just extends how long it's gonna there's no uh there's no like a normal nine to five you can kind of just like like zone out for a while you can't do that while you're doing a game so yeah i can do it probably about as fast as anyone and i've done i've probably never done a game in less than four hours it just it takes a long time and you gotta focus as hard as you can on it have you ever gotten, like, you know, you were talking about Twitter where, you know, players, you, you rate them a way that they don't like. Do you ever get, like, just, like, bombarded with nasty tweets? And Because social media oh, yeah. can be ugly. Oh, so, all, all the time. I mean, that just comes with, that's part of the job. I feel like if you're putting out opinions in the public, you're just going to get someone calling you a dumbass on Twitter. <laughs> someone calling you. And I've had, like, actually players 
I'm not going to name names of players, but like players in DM me and get like actually mad at me for like the grades and say like, you guys don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like, do they get fans behind them too sometimes? Like, oh yeah. Get, okay. Like, I was going to say. Funny, the funniest part is when a fan will, you'll like say this guy is not good or hasn't played well. And then a fan of that team. Oh, what was the last one that guy did that for? will say, uh, we'll tag that player in the tweet. So t- tag the guy's Twitter handle and say, don't listen to the haters, man. You got this. Like, you're, you're good. As if, like, he's pumping him up as if that means anything. <laughs> Those guys cracked me up. It's like, he's not going to like you. This guy's not going to all of a sudden, just because you're a fan of his. Like, calm down so at Bengals number one fan yeah, exactly. underscore okay. Cincinnati. It's like, calm down. But, uh-huh. <laughs> but when you're greeting them high, I'm sure the love is there. I'm, you're getting it on their Instagram, their social media. So you're like, okay, keep sharing. Yeah, exactly. It's the, it's the give and the take. If you're... If we like you, you're going to like us probably as an NFL player. If we don't like you, chances are you're bad-mouthing us in the locker room, that sort of thing. Do you have a favorite team? I do. I was born in Milwaukee, so I'm a Packers fan by birth. You have to be. Here. So uh, I'm actually a shareholder of the Packers. But I like the Bengals. Hey. I'm adopted I'm adopted Bengals, really. I, I One random day when I saw that you could purchase the shareholder stuff, I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to do it. I went half with a friend. For some reason, I'm a part owner of the Packers mm, right now. Probably zero benefits. Oh, Wait, no, cool. you get to vote on something. something. So it's a benefit. Yeah, but so super no exciting. financial benefits. So does any of your family members have season tickets? Because I know it's hard. We have what's called the gold package season tickets. So you get two games a year with that. So I've been going to two games a year when I was a kid. And I don't get to go much anymore from work. But That's a bucket okay. list place. Oh, yeah, it's I awesome. To go. And I've always heard you have to go to Lambeau when it's freezing cold. Like, not like a September day. Uh, You don't have to. I wouldn't recommend <laughs> it. But, I mean, it's still like the, the atmosphere is awesome when it's cold, too, because it do- doesn't really change anything. People are still out there tailgating like it's, you know, 50 and sunny. So what's draft week like with your job? Oh, man, last week was awful. And yeah, not I was going to say, like, are you? I worked, <laughs> I worked around the clock. I was uh, Thursday, like, I, worked, I was up to, like, 2 a.m., and then I woke back up early Friday and started working, and then... Same thing Friday night, and then I had a radio show at 8 a.m. Saturday. So I was pretty much the whole work weekend I worked straight through. And then the prep through it, I actually was kind of lucky that we, like, finished our draft board and finished a lot of our coverage uh, the week before. So I wasn't super, you know, grinding right at the last second, but it was a lot still. So Chris Collinsworth, the big guy in town, former mm-hmm. Bengals player, he's kind of your boss. What's that like? Yeah, he was on the coverage that we did over the weekend. He was in the studio with us uh, talking about all the picks. It's really cool. He provides a unique perspective in that he played wide receiver. He uh, comes at it from basically the perspective of people that were inside of the game who not necessarily know analytics. Well, he's kind of, we're teaching him as he teaches us his side of things. So uh, it's really nice. And he's also one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. He's such a good, such a good guy is so receptive to all the stuff we do at PFF. Uh, he's been a big, he's been so influential in getting us on the map to where we are now. Do you have the slide in down that he does on Sunday Night Football? No, he is the king. He he is so smooth. He's such a just the way he talks, and he's so good at all that. I I admire his uh, just the way he carries himself is is an impressive thing to watch. Yeah, I definitely think Sunday Night Football broadcast that's the best one in the National mm-hmm. Football League. Agree. Have you ever considered doing broadcasting? Uh, I really don't love uh, that side of things, the broadcast side of things. I like more writing and. I don't know. I just never really got too drawn to that, so I haven't really considered it. I just like the analysis part more. Uh, so, of course, you know, we have to talk about The Bachelorette. 
Oh, do we? We do. Okay, we do. We do. No, okay. I, I, I knew it going in. You so knew, you knew, because I'm while. like, okay, I've got to ask about this because I am very curious. Uh, what were you, Becca's season, season 14? Correct. Is that season 14? Okay. Yes. Um, what's that experience like? I know you get this question so many times, but is it like all scripted? That's my whole thing. So it's so tough to say scripted. It's you're put in situations that are planned. Is I guess how I would say it. So it's not necessarily scripted. They're not telling you what to say, or they're like putting you on a couch with another guy that maybe you don't like, and then are been like, "So he did this today. And what do you think of that?" And then you talk <laughs> about it. So it's like they they and they'll give you suggestions of things to do and what to do. So like you still have free will, and it's you're still living just kind of normal day to day life in this house with twenty other guys you don't know at all, but. There is this, a lot of the stuff that makes TV is not just you living your normal day to day life. There's something, you know, they're putting you in a position, then knowing it's going to be like, I do you oh, like take two? Like, that wasn't good enough. We're going to do yeah, that. Yeah, do they do that? Or no, they no, like, no. Okay. No, it's still like pretty you go raw. Through. But they, there will be times where they say, can you like clean that answer up? Like, if you give like a good answer, but it was kind of, can you say that same thing again? But would you do Without. it again? So overall, it was a cool experience. Oh yeah, I would one hundred percent do it again. Yeah, it was a worthwhile life experience, and I was very lucky to be to have the opportunity to do that. Obviously, I didn't go in necessarily expecting to fall in love, but I was just expecting a weird ass experience, and that's what it was. That's so. exactly what it was. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. But like the process, I'm actually interested in the process of like the beginning, like when you submit your stuff. Yeah. And like, what's that like? You go to do interviews and. So I had a friend from college who was like went through to the final interviews the year before, and that was for Rachel's season. He was, and, but then he couldn't do it with his job. He's like a baseball agent, and so he couldn't get the time. The time of the year it was couldn't get off, and he told me that at a Notre Dame game. God, this was like a year and a half ago now. In the fall of that year, he told me that he could put me in touch, and because he was like telling that story, and I was like, "Oh, can you like get me on?" He's like. I could probably put you in touch with the guy. Puts me in touch. That was like in the fall. I don't hear from him for like three months. And then they send me back a questionnaire, all that stuff. And then I sent that back. They asked me to meet them in Chicago to meet the casting director. I went there. And I think that was literally just to see if I like was real. Because within five minutes, they're like, we're going to fly you out to LA for the final casting. And that was like three days there. And you're in a hotel room the whole time. And you don't get to leave the hotel room. You're just in there. And you don't like you. They literally won't let you go anywhere without someone like holding your hand, taking you there. And so that was that. A bunch of weird questions. You go in front of the, all the producers. They ask you uh, weird, off the wall sort of stuff. And then, then you hear back from like a couple weeks later. And so I got on. So when they ask, well, when they ask you weird questions, like, do you think some people are just like playing it up, like, oh, I got to do this because they'll get me on the show if I don't answer it probably the way I want to answer it? Yeah, I think they want you to be over the top. They want, like, actors. They want people that are willing to play it up for the camera, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, when they have, like, the contestants, like, girls that are like, I'm a professional dog walker, or, you know, I'm like, there's no, like, and they're so wacky, they're so wacky, and I'm like, that's got to be fake. They lean into the, that whole part of it, I feel like, of the, like, knowing that the absurdity of the whole thing they lean into knowing that it is a weird ass situation but also that oh maybe there's like a handful of guys that they that they kind of peg as being the real candidates there that she could actually fall in love with. all they're thinking about is ratings 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 <laughs> i mean it's a highly rated show so something yeah. is working for them did you make any friends off of it 
Uh, yeah, I made a few. I don't like keep super in touch with a lot of guys. It was only there a couple weeks, so it was hard to really know. But uh, one guy, Nick Spetsis, lives in Orlando. My parents live in Orlando, so I see him. I've seen him every time I go down and visit them now. And then one guy, Clay Harbor, who actually played in the NFL, uh, I've seen a few times in Chicago. So it's good, dude. So would you ever go in Bachelor in Paradise? <sighs> Not anymore. I have a girlfriend yeah. now. Oh, but you I probably do. Will. Okay, <laughs> so I was gonna say, game over. Hopefully she's not listening. Uh, no, uh, no uh, I probably would have last summer if they had asked. They didn't ask me last summer. Did she see you on The Bachelorette and say, that's the guy. I want to date him. She actually did. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. That is actually. That, is she from Cincinnati or was this no. like an Instagram DM she thing? She DM'd me on Instagram. Really? Yeah. Wow, the power of social media. And it worked? And it worked. Like That was like actually a nice message you got on social media, not someone yelling at you. Yeah, it was, so it was actually, <laughs> so that's why I started the show worked out for me. Yeah, so. But yeah. Well, congratulations. He found Thank love. You. He has a great job. I know. This is out. this has been a fun conversation. All right. Well, that uh, wraps up another episode of On the Sidelines. Thank you so much, Mike Renner, for joining us. Uh, we'll be posting podcasts weekly, getting to know players, coaches, supporter groups, uh, employees, everything you want to know uh, about the teams in our city. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and Spotify.